Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 79 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on March 31st, 2017 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who has taken it upon himself to try to kill me with laughter, Justin Sane0516. Justin, how have the, uh, how have the drops been for you? Well, you know, Blue, it is the best medicine. <laughs> Laughter. No, uh, the drops actually have been pretty good this week. Got into Crota last night. Got a Hunger of Crota. And my second favorite hunter cloak, which is the Shroud of Flies. Gotta love that thing with Glowhu. I was about to say, did you put Glowhu on it? Oh, you have to. It's only compatible with Glowhu. Oh, boy. Where did Justin go? We can't see. Oh, there he is. There's the spotlight. (laughs) Beacon on the other side of the map. I'm sneaking up on Crota. Be quiet. I glow. (laughs) Well, we also have with us the woman who has an amazing fashion sense, Mel. Mel, how's your week been? It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, is I've just been working a crap ton. And unfortunately, my job, most of the time shifts are on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, <laughs> um, and then a lot of people have been having like some personal issues at work. So like I've been picking up like their shifts and whatnot, trying to pick up the extra slack. So, but in that time I had a birthday um, I got a new dog, and I have been playing a craft in Destiny. So that's been pretty much my week or weeks since I've been here. But yeah, happy birthday! Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Th- happy birthday! Thank to you. you. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Justin. Don't tell <laughs> Justin. Cute. Yeah, don't tell Justin that he'll get into an argument with you. <laughs> <laughs> that shit. I'll leave you off my lawn. <laughs> Well, and then also from the depths of the madness-inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. How has the week gone for you? Not too bad. I beat my head against the wall last night for about three hours trying to raid, but we did it. We finally got it. Got Word of Crota, and I got that cloak that Justin likes, but I don't like it. <gasps> Wait, why why do you want bug wings on your back it looks cool have you, put it, have, you, have you put it on with super black like it looks no. so cool when it's all black and the design is white and then you if you if you get yeah. the emblem if you get the the um ornament yes thank you that's what i was looking for it looks so sick so sick <laughs> so, yes. so 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 sex yeah I yeah. will try that. I don't generally run super black because I, I like it was one of the shaders from the Iron Banner or the Rise of Iron that had kind of the metallic look, metallic mm. green, metallic red. I run that one most of the time, but yeah, yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. Okay. So Mel, Mel says, try it. You'll try it. I say, try it. Yeah. Just- yeah, okay. nope. It's because I'm a girl. I have, <laughs> yep. I mean, even Blue just said I had fashion sense. So I mean, mm-hmm. like, but we have the same opinion. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> I'm oh, cuter. I don't cuter. know. <laughs> My guardian's cuter. I mean, she has pink hair. I mean, come on. So, are there horse people? <laughs> <laughs> Have we been invaded by horse people? 
<laughs> do I look like a terminal to you? Do I look like I have this answer? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. That's going to be his defense going forward for any argument that he starts <laughs> losing. It's just, are there horse people? And he'll win them too. That's the bad thing is <clears throat> he's going to kill me. Is there googly eyes on the traveler? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you delete an image from a terminal? <laughs> Where can I buy a new terminal? Uh, no, it's how do I clear, clear my search history? How do I, yeah, how do I clear the image search history? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, He's still man. my heart. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, we're going to run through the intro real quick, and then we'll jump into the grimoire. The topic of today's chat is going to be an in-depth exploration of the lore surrounding those guardians who have some of the quickest reflexes around, the gunslingers. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of the topic, and this is what she had to say. Gunslinger. A hunter who excels at finding the perfect shot and delivers it with the power of the sun. Often described as true lone wolves, these individuals carry themselves with a degree more seriousness than most hunters are perceived to have. Well, most of them do at least. Those in the tower speak of gunslingers as both a blessing and a curse, leaving their trip mines where one least expects them, and covering your back when you are most in need. Some say they are arrogant or desperate, but we know them as much more than that. Shax calls them elitist. Ikora is weary of them. And Cade, well, is Cade and calls the gunslingers artist with the light. Titans defend their honor and the city walls. Warlocks seek knowledge in the depths of all corners of the known existence. Hunters, though, are those who survive. They are the scouts, the protectors of those who find themselves outside of the walls, Gunslingers range far into the wilds, both to protect the vestiges of humanity still outside the walls and to seek out and remove threats to the city and the light that gives them strength. In the dark days before the last city, all a hunter had was a light and a steady aim. These are the guardians who settle disputes not with words or fist, but with the quick and precise blast of the hand cannon that they are known for. These are the gunslingers. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we looked at the Radiant Sunsingers. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internet. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer for a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts on the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. 
These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian One, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next chat's going to be an in-depth lore dive of the subclass that truly questions the vampiric nature of the light, the Void Walkers. With that, let's go ahead and dive into the information and thoughts that the community had on the Gunslingers. Lorebot, let's go. Query. Grimoire. Database. Results found. Displaying on screen. Thanks a lot, Randy. Um, Hunter. Our old worlds have grown feral. Rabid beasts with teeth of rust and ruin. But such beasts are meant to be tamed. Or broken. Hunters stalk the wilderness beyond the city, harnessing the light to reclaim the secrets of our lost worlds. They are daring scouts and stealthy killers, expert with knives and precision weapons. Hunters blaze their own trails and write their own laws. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> I love that quote. Yes. Our old worlds I, have grown feral. Yes. Yeah. It, it almost sounds like a Jack London quote or something. Yeah. I um, remember one of the first, one of the first images that I found for destiny was a guy had made Twitter headers out of the class quotes. And that was the one. And he had, I think it was, that one was on an, a crust of alpha Lupi um, mm-hmm. background. And it was just, yeah, I was like just blown away by that quote. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome turn of phrase. Um, let's see. So, I mean, like like Green had kind of said in the summary, uh, this is, you know, obviously gunslingers are a subclass of the hunter. And I'm actually I'll actually be kind of coming back to this card when we get done with all the grimoire cards, because this card actually is a little bit different than the initial information that they had put out on the hunters whip. Oh, I think that was back in 2013. They had a community yeah. showing. Wow. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's changed. And that's not not by any. I mean, that's not a surprise to any of us. Um, but there was a, a community, what's called a community showing that they did in Germany and they actually handed out like actual cards, actual grimoire cards. And one of the guys went and, um, translated all of it from German to English. And so I have the translations for the hunter cards and I'm, I'm going to read that one this week. And I actually grabbed the one for, uh, warlocks for next week since we're doing void walkers and they're really cool i really actually i'm really excited to read the warlock one for you guys because it's got some it's got an interesting couple turns of phrases that we have not heard in the game and actually make a lot more sense but um the hunter one i'll like i said i'm gonna read that later when we kind of start talking about what do we think about the grimoire but uh Let's see. Green, do you want to grab the Gunslinger card and we can kind of jump into the specific aspects of the Gunslinger? Sure. So Gunslinger card is pretty short. Its primary quote is a love lives for the perfect shot, which is one of the lines I used in the summary, just because a great line that sums up the whole of it, the entire thing. And then the actual grimoire says, in the end, doesn't it all come down to you and your gun? 
don't see much else to say about it. That's just truth. This is, yeah, this, oh man. Um, <clears throat> so this, this plus a couple of the, the golden gun card, which I'll read here in just a second, actually is what kind of really inspires me to think of the dark tower, which we talked about quite a bit. Um, specifically the, uh, the gunslinger's litany from the dark tower, which I will, again, we'll get to that in just a second. When we get done, we don't have a lot of grimoire cards for the gunslinger specifically. Uh, there is basically gunslinger and golden gun are the specific cards for gunslinger. And then I'm going, we went ahead and pulled in hunter and solar just because they have specifically ties to it. So real quick, golden gun is, says draw a hand cannon burning burning with solar light and loaded with three rounds of sunfire aim steady and keep your wits about you you are a gunslinger and this is what you live for and then the so obviously that's the golden gun which we'll talk again we will expand on that just as just a tad Justin, you want to grab, well it mentions solar do you want to grab the solar card real quick and read that yeah yeah, solar. Sometimes the only answer is to burn it all away. The universe is defined by fundamental forces. Energy is carried by quanta, tiny messengers of change. In the understanding of these messengers lies the secret of solar light. Short, uh, just short a quick and sweet. note, real quick. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say what short and one? sweet. Short and sweet. Yes, very short, very sweet. Um, just a quick clarifier, if you're not a physics major. Quanta is um, a physics term, term for a discrete quantity of energy proportional in magnitude to the frequency of the radiation it represents. Um, or, a, or a small allowed amount, um, if you're talking non-physics. So it's it's uh the plural of a quantum so yeah wrap your head around that one (laughs) (laughs) and then real quick i went ahead and actually we do have we do kind of have a a little bit of another one uh it's actually from ghost fragment the last word four now this is actually i'm not we're not going to read the full card because the entire point here is actually i pulled out the pieces that kind of describe how the golden gun feels to the uh individual guardian who is who is summoning it um and so in in this card obviously that is shin so let me, Mel, do you want to get that one? Yeah, I can go ahead and take that. So Perfect. here are the ones that we, the little bits that we pulled from the card. My gaze remained locked as I felt a heart rising inside me. Or excuse me, the heat rising inside me. The heat grew, centered in my chest. But here, I only felt the fire of my light. All, all I lost, all I who suffered, flashed rapid through my mind, intercut with darkened silhouette walking toward a frightened, weak, coward of a boy. The fire burned in me. Reflex and purpose merged with anger, clarity, and an overwhelming need for just that, an end. 
In the step with my motion, the fire within burst into focus through my shoulder, down my arm, and as my finger closed on the trigger of my third father's canyon. So, yes. So that's Shin when he he's sitting, he's summoning the golden gun for the first time. Correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, oh, man. Can you just imagine having so much fire and passion building with the inside you within your life that it just you summon a golden gun in your hand like to be that first one is just mm-hmm. i can't even imagine that and now now you can just like oh golden gun pew 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 like there's there's no like i feel like when we summit as guardians now there's not the the passion and the emotion the raw emotion that it was experienced during the very first summon but uh blue i think you had some comments yeah, on this um we talked we talked a little bit about this in the chat you know i know um like kind of you, you were kind of referring to it as as the first summoning i i i kind of disagree i don't know if this is necessarily the first time a golden gun was summoned i know a lot of people make that argument based off the process in which uh the golden gun that we call looks to be like um looks to be like the last word um come on <laughs> well and i i kind of have an argument Subtle. for that as well i i kind of have We've an argument for blue. that as well i know um but it's the ritual um but the the concept that i think here is really kind of intriguing to me is the argument of what shin is like you know we've had this conversation quite a few times uh is shin a standard guardian or is he kind of this weird pseudo guardian who didn't have to die became a guardian which has really big implications given what we've kind of seen with destiny 2 so far just a little you know snippets that we've seen um you know if if people don't have to die in order to become a guardian there's some really big uh twists that can that can be made with that but the other thing here is that shin was never taught the way of the gun and so this is where you know literally he uh he he forces himself through his rage through his his need to make this pain stop he actually forces himself to overcome that lack of training and summon the super so you know mel you you said you know, most most of us when we play we don't seem to be having that angry moment that passion that this is that is described here but that's because all of us, all our guardians in game have been kind of taught. They've been led. They have a mentor who shows them how to use the powers that they have been given. You know, that's actually the entire process of, of us leveling up throughout the game is us learning how to manifest and how to augment the reality around us with the powers of the light. Shin never really had that that we know of because the person who would have trained him, Jaren, is dead, which is actually kind of the source of his anger here. So, Justin, did you have something? Uh, yeah, I could kind of see that. Like, um, it's it's kind of like how in in the beginning, the only way that um, Bruce Banner is able to summon the Hulk is just by being enraged. But later on, he kind of learns how to control it more. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't think there's much, there's much to be gained from arguing over whether or not this is the first instance of golden gun or not. 
Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise I think I agree with everything you said. <laughs> Green, I know you had a question. So it's been such a long time since we we started these characters. I don't remember what our first class type was. Was it was it the Solar Hunter or was it Arc Hunter? Uh, you mean by default? Mm-hmm. By default, it was Gunslinger. Yeah, was that's it, what was I was going to say. It was Gunslinger. It yes. defaulted you um you leveling Gunslinger, but you could switch over after level and do 15. your blade dance. Yeah, and do after level fifteen, you could switch over and do was Gunslinger blade the default Dancer. though. I can't yes. honestly. Yeah, yeah it remember. was okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I because remember. I remember when when I did my second and third character, oh, I remember getting to level. Yeah, I remember getting to level fifteen and then going, "Okay, we're doing Blade Dancer because that's what we use." Um, Good man. Good man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in some re- regards, we actually learned on the fly ourselves. It may not have been impassioned. Well, I mean, the ghost is there. The ghost is there to teach us a bit. But does the ghost really actually teach us? He's infuriating. Well, okay, but (laughs) what I mean by by teaching is um, you actually don't get access to your super until after you've been to the tower, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You you don't you get the only thing yeah that you no can you get, don't the only thing you get on the field before you meet any <laughs> other guardian Nades. is your is your grenade and maybe and a melee jump. oh yeah your melee. melee ability yeah your melee ability and then your grenade you actually don't get your golden gun ability until after you've been to the tower which which one of the first things you have to do when you get to the tower as a new guardian is you have to check in with your mentor who then literally gives you equipment and kind of gives you. I think they I don't know if they've changed it too much with because I know they redid the the process of everything, but they um they there's like there's a couple things that they say and then there's the whole cutscene with the speaker in which nothing is said. Um <laughs> because nothing it yeah, anyways. Um, I tell you. But the other the other thing is is that to me, and this this could just be my what I feel, but I feel like what that kind of tells us is there's a bit of time that goes by um from the time that you first step into the tower until that next mission. There's there's at least a little bit of time gap. So in that time gap, I I think personally that the mentor is doing what the mentor does, and that is either giving you giving you information or in the you know in a hunter's case is kind of giving you giving you the guidebook basically cuz hunters are hunters are loners they're not very organized they're not very uh they don't they don't seek orders or schools like the warlocks and titans do um they actually have the the guidebooks that they follow uh mel i know you had something um uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you have to wait till you're almost level five before you actually unlock your super to use it for the first time? I, th- I, I think wanna, that's correct. I want to say that's so about if accurate. that's the case, then that's five levels that you have to gain and how much experience you have to go through before you're even allowed to use it. So in my mind, I would imagine off screen that we don't see he's they're getting information either from Kate or from their guidebook and telling and and they're learning you know either learning from running with more experienced guardians or mm. going with or or whatever it may be and so i always i that's how in my mind i always imagined that it worked with our guardians specifically so mm-hmm. that was all 
But I mean, <laughs> and if you if you you know going back to the summoning of the golden gun, if you look at uh, the you know the ritual, the concept of that ritual being the manifestation, um, that's kind of when you get those those things taught to you. You know, and, and behind again, you know, I always. I kind of I I don't know I've I I've played D and D for as long as I can remember so I kind of just assumed it was kind of like when you level up you know in D and D there's a ton of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that usually you just mm-hmm. gloss over in game right you know like uh, our our group that we run with is a little bit more role role play heavy than just a, a hack and slash game so we actually will talk about like who like you know we actually have to explain the progression of our character and that's kind of where my thought process is coming from is because i'm i'm just used to every time you level up you kind of have to have like this this uh justification off screen of oh yeah i gained this skill but this is how i gained it is because i spent you know x amount of days talking to this expert in this field I kind of apply that to the video games when I play RPGs as well. And I know Destiny is not like a strict RPG by any sense, but it's got that that particular aspect feels pretty close to an RPG. So I just I was just unconsciously applying that logic. Does that make sense, Green? Mm-hmm. So the theoretical thing that could happen though is because we learned specifically how to do the golden gun ritual, is that we could actually manifest solar light, any of the other types of light in different ways that kind of that is my that's argument. my assumption of where that's where i'm assuming d2 is going to go i would we're just going to learn a new ritual a new way customizable mm-hmm. ritual. super manifestations well yeah i you justin well justin knows this argument because he and i have had this conversation yeah. quite a few times I think that that's entirely plausible i think that if you look at the history of the way that they explain paracausal capabilities, it's all about the summoning ritual. You know, it. I mean, you have the hive being taught it by their gods. You have the guardians being taught it by their elder guardians or their mentors. And there's always a sense of you are taught a specific thing. And, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's just game mechanics. They don't want to, you know, pass gen game consoles, blah, blah, blah. Okay, sure, that that might be, you know, if you want to break the fourth wall and be boring, sure, that's that's great explanation. But within game, there is actually a plausible explanation why every single Guardian has the exact same animation and the exact same super manifestation. And that's simply because we're sorcerers. We all perform the same ritual, and hey, lo and behold, we actually get the same result. Like, <laughs> it's it's not, it for me, that's like, that's not that big of a stretch. Uh, Justin, I think you did. You have something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to speak to your point, and it's completely also plausible that the traveler, where we're forgetting, we're dealing with the traveler, which is a semi, you know, it's an unknown, but it's a semi uh, sentient being here that's imbuing us with these powers. Um, I, I'll be it a dormant, a, a dormant semi sentient being. Um, it's very possible that the traveler in the very early days imprinted on specific um, artifacts that became kind of the avatar of these powers. I mean, it's, that's very possible. Um, 
it could also be that we all kind of go through the same process of summoning a golden gun. That's why our results are the same. I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be really cool. They could never do it. Um, but because of just handling issues, I think it'd be really cool if your golden gun corresponded to, to what primary mm-hmm. weapon type you use the mm-hmm. most. That mm-hmm. would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing, but they could never do it because just uh, balance issues, I think. But um, I would really like a golden scout rifle. Would you? Can um, you imagine a golden Midas Mipey tool? How about a golden No Lampion? <laughs> I would rage quit. I almost we call that a normal No Lampions already. So basically, like. so basically, when you say golden golden gun No Lampion, that's like a Celestial Nighthawk, right? One shot, yeah, infinite power. Nighthawk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I but forgot to, the Nighthawk to cry. <laughs> the Nighthawk. It's a scry. Better than Hawkmoon. Um, oh, God. Uh, not better than Hawkmoon. You're <laughs> lucky. Um, also, before we move on for gun- from Gunslinger, I want to bring something up real quick. If if you look at the Gunslinger um, subclass symbol that's inside of the little ball of fire that comes up on the card for Gunslinger, <clears throat> it's funny because you have three equilateral triangles arranged vertically one on top of the other like you know a christmas tree and a child's drawing um they actually comprise the negative space inside the hunter logo mm-hmm. which i think is it's pretty cool and um and there's three which is and there's how three many, how many gun how many shots you usually have with the golden gun yeah and and then three Unless you're wearing the uh, light pooper helmet. Um, (laughs) So, but also it's, you can actually go to the warlock symbol and pull three triangles out of that one. Um, The Titan symbol is a little tricky. (laughs) Well, don't they all, don't, don't all the um, subclasses have, part of the actual class like you know hunter warlock <clears throat> titan symbol within the design i'm pretty sure they do at least i know the hunter does and i know the warlocks do and all the I designs think. for all the classes all have are composed of triangles yes yeah so the, con- the concept art, the concept art for the warlock design is really cool i don't yeah. think i've seen the concept art for for the designs uh let me see. I think Do you have I, a link? I might. Let me see if I can find one real quick. Yeah. Justin, what were you saying? No, no. I was just saying it, it just all seems to tie together. I would agree. Which would make, I mean, which actually does make sense. a lot of sense. I, yeah. I mean, it makes t- total sense. It's right, so real quick. Let's see. Do we want to talk real fast? Um, I know, Mel, you mentioned the exotic armor. Do you guys want to mm-hmm. run through the exotic armor just real fast? There's uh-huh. there's not like there's not a ton of gunslinger specific lore within the 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 armor. At least not that I can remember off the top of my head. Uh no. Really I mean not. other than other than giving Justin the opportunity to give really interesting nicknames. <laughs> uh, yes 
you've got ATS-8 Arachnid. Um, the, and this is all from memory, but the signature perk is Arachnid Sensorium. Uh, it basically makes your golden gun, which zooms a, an appropriate amount already, makes it zoom just a little bit more. In so a, it's it, not a heavily it makes used, it it not, makes it zoom inappropriately. Is what yeah, <laughs> but they actually went back. They actually went back and taking Kenny and tried to fix it. They made it make uh, Golden Gun last a little bit longer. Turns out Golden Gun lasted long enough already. Um, <laughs> so really, still not one that's flying off the shelves. Then you've got Acleophage Symbiote, the go-to year one hunter helmet. If you are a golden gun or a gunslinger and it's, um, it's signature perk essentially, essentially was just, it granted another golden gun shot. Um, so pretty cool lore implications with the traveler on that one, but we've been all through that. Uh, you you guys can take these from me at any moment. I'm just going to keep going until someone stops me. Um, <laughs> the next one is the celestial nighthawk, which I think is, I would say it's actually pretty popular. At least I know when when I not only do I see a lot in game, but I see a lot of people who do costumes always want to have this celestial nighthawk. But I'm like oh. I I don't get it. I, but then again, I'm not a gunslinger, so it doesn't it doesn't benefit it's, me. It sounds like a sci-fi TV dinner. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's exotic park is big game, uh, and that makes golden gun contains one only one shot, but deals six times the damage and overpenetrates. So that one shot is going to like wreck. And if you, especially if you line them all up in a nice little line, like a little chorus line, <laughs> and then so uh, you're Indiana done. Jones them. Yeah, I have the Indiana Jones them. It is so. Atheon's Bane. Atheon's Bane. God, yep. that and the Templar. <laughs> it's um, a lot of people's Bane of existence. Yeah, it is. Green, I know you had you wanted to throw something in there. Oh, I'm ready for the next one because oh, the next one's okay. my favorite. Oh, okay. Okay. Go for it. So the next one's the young, young Amak- Ahamkara Spine, which gives you double trip mines. And when trip mines were still able to stick to people, this is what I would run exclusively and I would just stick it to people's faces and make them <laughs> suicide and gloves. Over again. Suicide so gloves. good. Oh, I love it. So good. Oh yeah. I would wreck yeah. shop on the dungeon with tr- this. Cause I just sit on the other side of the map and chuck them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you throw a grenade and then you'd end up running through it because it's a no. day later and it hasn't exploded no. yet. You stick it to people. You stick it to people. Who then run to yeah. you. And then a nice little... Ex- yeah, no. who then run to you. Or that's why you stand on the other side of the map. Yeah, or you, you throw it at them, and then they go, oh, mm-hmm. crap, and then they run back, and then they go next to their buddy, and then they just blow up their whole entire so, team. <laughs> what I'm getting mm-hmm. from this is I'm doing it wrong. Of course. Yeah, but they don't stick anymore. So, mm. that kind of... It still looks cool. It still looks cool. I mm. mean... Just saying. Um, but then, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So, oh, I was just saying that kind of wraps up the different exotics that we have for that give you. Oh, wait. We have the Gunslinger's Cloak. Does, but that is, that's, does it give you a perk? I don't remember. I don't think it does. Uh, does it? it doesn't. I don't think it actually gives you a 
her. Well, uh, Gunslinger's cloak, I think, was the legendary. The life. It- it's the legendary that one you- that you get when you finish the quest, the subclass quest. Yeah. Right. That That's by the I time thought. you finish okay. the quest, the light level on it was irrelevant. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they look so cool. Like the cloaks mm-hmm. for the subclasses on the hunters look amazing. Amazing. <laughs> All the subclass items are look awesome once you finish them. Yeah. I know the mm-hmm. Titan marks and do, stuff. <clears throat> yeah, the, the Titan other, types look good too. Do mm-hmm. the do the other classes have do they have subclass items? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All, all the yeah, subclasses. They, they don't. They don't wear cloaks, though. Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. Didn't it? Good job. Well, Titans have, bu- have. Well, Titans <laughs> have butt capes. I mean, and that looks pretty cool. Except the, the mud, mud, mud flaps. Okay, mud okay. Flaps. <laughs> on a on a random tangent here. What is up with the new Titan armor from Vault of Glass? Because that's not a butt flap. That's the exact opposite side flap. Hmm. There was another mark that, that, that did that too. Is it a loincloth? Oh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a loincloth. Loin it's like a, an exaggerated loincloth. Like I was like, oh. I looked at it and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's Calm down one there, other mark that does that same thing too, and I can't remember what it uses it because she thinks it's hilarious. But <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember. <laughs> I just well, it's just a the, legendary too. The vault, the glass one though, is like the metal, and it's like I'm like, oh mm-hmm. god, we're going, we're going to. I didn't know I was playing Conan, but okay, they're going. Okay. Yeah, they're. What is that? What was the name of that comic book character that wore all the chainmail? The Red Sonya. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had the chainmail bikini. Hmm. Anyways, back on to topic. Okay, so <laughs> what we will let's see. Let's talk about let's let's talk real quick about. You want to talk about no? You want to talk about named hunters who we know are gunslingers and who we think are gunslingers, or do we want to tackle the inspiration for the gunslinger subclass? Let's go for the named ones first. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds and good. Ones and then go into the other stuff. Okay. Well, in that case, Green, do you want to lead us down the known gunslingers? Sure. So the first one we know is that's a gunslinger is Anna Bray, and I can't remember how we know she's a gunslinger. Twilight Gap. Blue, do you remember how? Twilight. Twilight Gap. Gap. There we yep. go. Right, because she's the one who made the the pool light. Yes. Yeah, that one. So, there, the- oh no, it was just real quick on Anna Bray. There was actually a really cool conversation that we had with Anna Bray because of the problem of guardians not remembering their past lives, um, which brings up the question: How did she name? How did she know that her name was Anna Bray? Hmm. Um, and so we, we kind of, it was, it wasn't a really long conversation, but it was, I, I, I just had a lot of fun with it. Um, so technically since guardians technically don't remember what's called the quote, their first lives, uh, we kind of came up with this weird theory of, we have another guardian who kind of has something similar happen to him in the game and that's Finchurch, uh, which some of you might recognize that name. Finchurch is a guardian who had been resurrected with a silver coin, which most of you will probably recognize silver 
being Eververse, that's exactly what it is. It's a silver coin, and it was in his pocket when he was resurrected, and when he encountered Tess, she had a silver coin as well, and so he decided randomly that he was her uncle and that they were related, basically. And so he just kind of decided this, and that's how he carried his life out. Um, And so we were talking, and I was like, you know, it would be kind of interesting if Anna Bray had a similar thing. You know, what if she was resurrected in a Bray facility? Maybe, possibly even an office for Anna Bray. And that was just like one of the first things she saw was Anna Bray. And so she actually just took the name on. There's a there's a slight possibility that she is actually not Anna uh, related to the Bray family. Um, but yes, like I said, it didn't go anywhere. It was just a fun conversation. So I, I will I will stop at that point. Just some just a trivia fact for the people to think on. I kind of like that though. I. I I think that's a little bit more plausible in the whole entire scheme and continuality, like the continue. I can't think, I can't talk today apparently, uh, but that, it makes sense that like, that was just, Oh, I saw it. I like this name. I'm going to take it. I don't know. Well, that cause I, I a little remember more plausible. everyone, everyone kind of talks about like how the guardians got their names, you know? And it's like, <laughs> you know, some. I mean, not all of us are exos and have them assigned to us. So, yeah, but yeah, that was that was that was my tangent on Anna Bray. Not to mention she's amazing. And you know, it's also interesting. I just realized we don't actually name our guardians; they rename nameless. Like, uh, I've named my guardian. Blue well, I mean, the name like of your guardian. What is the name of your guardian? That's a secret. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, like, there's not a prompt within the game to, oh, yeah, no. to actually name it. Like, when you That's log in, it's just... probably a safe thing. <laughs> Anyone who's played Pokemon knows that that could lead very, very bad areas. True. True. Or, I mean, uh, I guess you see your name, your your game hand, your gamer name right. when you're on in public spaces, so I guess that technically could be your guardian name, mm, but... Obviously. Uh, the, other, <laughs> the other fun thing about Anna Bray is the fact that she had one of the best cloaks in the game, in my opinion, which is Strength of the Pack. I love that cloak. But yes. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. And then we can move on to Andal Brask, mm-hmm. Hunter Vanguard, Mentor. He, and this I'm assuming is because he was the Vanguard mentor. He would have to know Golden Gun at least to be able to teach new Guardians. Because I I am not finding anything specifically saying. Yeah. So uh, it's weapons. Right. Right. Andal the 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 confirmation for me that Andal was a gunslinger was the fact that he was the Vanguard mentor. Like, I think that a mentor has to at least have basic knowledge of every single subclass because their very definition is a mentor. You know, that, now they might like I'm not saying that Andal's preferred subclass was Gunslinger. No, we don't have any confirmation at all. Unlike Cade, who definitely seems to prefer Gunslinger, um, you know, we don't have confirmation of that. But 
he had to have working knowledge of that subclass if he was to fulfill the task of being a Vanguard mentor. And the also fact is we know that he was a really good Vanguard mentor because one of the newest cards actually shows that Andal was one of the reasons that the consensus even exists. If you, have, if, uh, you guys remember when we were talking about uh, the Cade card, which is absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious, mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. trivia facts in there is... Andal was responsible for bringing the factions in line. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, let's see who, well, talking about Cade, you know, our favorite, favorite friend from all the new trailers that have been dropping. Uh, same, same argument plus new cards. He actually references that he beat shacks with his golden guns. Yeah. But he's also confirmed um dual subclass oh yeah as well yeah because he he yeah. brags about how being he, a blade dancer he, he's mm-hmm. a blade dancer yeah Shax admonishes him for his okay. lack of honor <laughs> <laughs> but yes yeah yeah definitely it's definitely cool to hear him talk about uh Shax losing the bet betting him you know and then the don't pass- mess with my golden guns buddy <laughs> the, the, the departing i'm gonna make so many bets on the crucible while you're down here you wouldn't <laughs> dare <laughs> <laughs> and then green do you want to wrap up the list of known sure uh last one that we know of is probably the most infamous in shin shin malfur is a golden gun Uh uh-huh everyone's favorite everyone loves him so yeah shin the good news that starts with him and will end with him and hopefully follow him into d2 oh we want to talk about any of the lore behind him other than the fact that he that the fact that he is like rolling to shane in person (sighs) in game yeah Shin Shin is the gunslinger from the Dark Tower. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. but he is Roland. His entire story is just like I I I can't a hundred percent say this, but it really feels like there was a very heavy influence on Shin's character by the Dark Tower. Because there was I mean, even the newer card the new cards with Shin, it lines up with Roland versus the Coffin Hunters in uh Wizard and Glass. Like it, the the setup is it, it it's slightly different because there's not the same uh, social context as they had in the Dark Towers, but the sense of feeling is almost identical. Uh, and then, like you know, up until the recent cards, like I would have argued that Jaren was more of a Roland figure, especially with uh, Magistrate Loken. But like the. Oh, Sorry, chat's yelling at me for no spoilers. If you haven't read the Dark Tower series, go read it because I need people to talk to about it. Um, need to I still need two shades on. It's okay. Oh, I you're only need. on book two. Yo, you got you got a good good amount to go, and it's oh, yeah. gets so much better. Um, no, like there's the scene with Jaren and Loken is also very very similar to a scene from Wizard and Glass. Uh, between Roland and one of the the mayors or the magistrate in that book, uh, he doesn't shoot him in the same way that Loken got shot. But it's like the attitude 
is back and forth is exactly on par with the with Roland's conversational tactics, I guess you would call it. But Shin, like Shin, just has it's just a it's a nail in the coffin. Like it's just like that is he is he is Roland in my eyes. Um, which of course Roland was uh, based off of I believe it was Clint Eastwood's uh, westerns, if I remember right. Trying to remember, I always get this one flipped. Which one? Who who uh, Roland was based off? I think it was Clint Eastwood. Pale Rider. Yeah i I could go for a very long time on this, so I'm gonna. <laughs> you want to move to the theorized gunslingers? Yes, please. All right. All right. We only have. I only have three that come to mind. Uh, the first, well, two of which are deceased. One of which is, hey, she's still alive. Um, we learned that with Rise of Iron. But uh, the first one is Jaron Ward. Uh, we think that he's a gunslinger. We're pretty confident in saying that he could be a gunslinger uh, simply because that's the way he acted and he had the last word. Um just the way that he carried himself and the way that he was presented in the grimoire kind of gets the feel for a gunslinger. Um, the other guardian that we think is a gunslinger is Lord Gellion. Uh, that stems from the fact that in Lord Gellion's card, he is specifically called out for throwing knives. He has three throwing knives that he uses um, that the names are actually slipping me right now. It's Swiftling. You guys remember the, his names? The knife names off the top of your head. Not off the top of my head. But wow. I can look it up for you. So anyways, <laughs> Gellion has throwing knives. And I mean, he was yeah. already kind of described as a hunter, which was kind of no stretch of the imagination for Gellion specifically. And the, the fact that he had throwing knives, which is specifically unique to a gunslinger was kind of it's it's kind of a big nod. Um, and then there's Lady Ephrodite. And she, I'm labeling her as a gunslinger in my own mind, in my theory, simply because she is obsessed with precision damage. Like she is the pinnacle of a sniper. Um, And she was always obsessed with precision. Oh, green. Thank you. It's Swiftling, Occam, and Quietus, which that's right, because Quietus was the creepy medicine from children of men children of men thank you um <laughs> god i just quite quite uh, ah shivers um so yeah those are the three that i would theorize are gunslingers i don't know do you guys have any others that you think would fit in there or oh my goodness gracious um other than postulating that a known blade dancer was a duel. I can't think of anyone. Um, would Scory have been? Uh, would Scory have been? Lady Scory? No, I thought, I think Scory was more of a, am I thinking, I'm thinking, no, Scory was the sun singer. Was she a sun singer? Oh, Ah, yes, she was. Because wasn't she was the bard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. Wanted to change somebody's name because it didn't rhyme. <laughs> Can you just drop too off many the syllables? Last <laughs> Can you just drop the syllable? Why don't you just change the meter? <laughs> mm. 
changed, you changed the meter. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to blank. Uh, the hunter from the failed fire team with Eris, the one that was using the bones from As Omar. No, no, was no, it no, Omar? No. Wasn't that uh, Saimoda? Saimoda. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was going to say Saimoda. Was she a blade dancer or was she a? She was predominantly uh, a blade dancer because that's what she was using the, the bones for. Because mm-hmm. mm, I just oh, remember her taking I, the bones see, yeah. and throwing them and can, using mm-hmm. them. So I, I thought maybe. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Maybe possible. she could have. Maybe could have been, but she might have been dual too. Like mm-hmm. that's true. So many of them are. So, but that's the only one that came that popped into my head. So. Yeah, it's Payrun was another. Lady of Iron. Blade dancer. Was she a blade dancer? I believe so. Also, the Nordic. Oh, that's right. That's right. Thunder that's right. and lightning. Yeah, 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 thunder and lightning. So, yes, I mean, pretty much any hunters, eh, you can always argue that they can all slip between subclasses. Um, mm-hmm. So that is that is obviously a possibility. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah, I, guys, I'm good with that. Okay, cool. All mm-hmm. right. You want to jump into the inspirations? Cause there's some really fun little trivia facts about the inspiration of the gunslinger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the inspiration for the gunslinger subclass, uh, this subclass is a, a subclass that specializes in engaging single high priority targets. Uh, your other subclasses within the hunter, I guess, skill tree would be your blade dancer and your night stalker. Obviously, the blade dancer is more of a crowd control built subclass, whereas the night stalker is definitely the supporting figure that is used to tie things down, literally. Uh, so the, the gunslinger is the person who you get a big boss, you send the gunslinger after that person. Um And there is a quote that Kate has just about general hunters. And he says, what does it mean to be a hunter? I say it's all about where you belong. The warlocks have their libraries. The titans have their walls. But hunters belong in the wilds. So the hunter class, and this is actually from GDC talk in 2013. The hunter class was actually meant to be reminiscent of bounty hunter figures uh, the examples that they gave were Boba Fett and Han Solo, who was not a bounty hunter, but whatever, from Star Wars, and actually held specific inspiration from characters from the old Western films, specifically such as Clint Eastwood's Man with No Name. Uh, this is also very evident with the gunslinger, because it's a gunslinger. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, sorry, I kind of had to pause for a moment of like staring at the camera that you guys can't see because, duh. Uh, so there's really translates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's here's me here's me staring at the screen for for. Okay, moving on. Um, interesting trivia for the hunters in general. We actually know a random factoid about hunters. We as hunters suffer from insomnia more than any other guardian class, including exos. Be- <laughs> because basically hunters have severe PTSD. Um, we know this from the dream eater grass, which are gauntlets. Um, and so, <laughs> yes, that's a comforting thought to think about for a moment. 
they are they are more likely to be an insomniac than any other guardian class or race, including exos, which basically exos probably don't have to sleep. So, yeah, hunters hunters have a bit of bit of baggage. Um, hunters are also the only class that you will see holster hand cannons on their hip instead of at the small of their back. This is possibly because of the amazing cloaks that they wear. Uh, Green, did you have something? Uh, when it comes to the holsters on their hip instead of their back, it's, I would imagine that's because we are hand cannons more as a primary, mm-hmm. whereas for other classes, since they they do use it as a primary, but it's kind of it's viewed as more a secondary weapon for the other right. classes because it's not their main go to for depending on their playstyle. I'm sure it is, but you know, right, right, right. Also right, for right. the for the warlock, they wear a dress, so on the <laughs> hip isn't a really good like spot for it. Um, I also want to make a comment that you said <laughs> earlier that they actually cited as Han Solo being a high uh, reference for their or inspiration for the hunters. Um, some of the new armor that came out with the rise of iron actually looks like Han Solo's outfit. Like mm-hmm. it's not, yep. it's not the normal typical like breastplate. It actually looks like the vest and it has like the pants with the, the military stripe down the side. The Carillion blood stripe. The blood stripe. Yeah, exactly. Like um, uh, Marines have. So I, I, when you said that, I'm like, Wow, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, the only thing that so. I the only thing I wish they would let you do is instead of holstering it on your hip, actually holster it on your thigh where it should be. Because uh, that would make sense. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> it bugs me so much about the hunters. It's like but. that gun. That gun is way too big to be holstered on like up well, on your hip. Also, though, that that's not really a Western influenced. That's more of a tactical, modern right. way to holster a gun. What? If, if you're going to be heavily influenced uh, by the quick, Western, quick draws held. They they holstered it pretty low. Uh, yeah, but they had it was on a belt that was on their waist, and the belt was kind of slung a little low. It oh, wasn't strapped yeah, to yeah, their yeah. thigh. Mm-hmm. Well, but they had ties at the bottom of it. I mean, they yeah, also I, they I'm also didn't saying, carry hand saying, cannons that were size of rifles. Yeah. <laughs> But what what I'm saying is I'm I'm picturing what you're suggesting and I'm I'm picturing a tactical um, Yeah, you're yeah, 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 yeah. The tactical, a tactical holster. thigh holster, yeah, which yeah. is which is more modern. And I think that's just an aesthetic thing. Yes, um, you know, practically was, it would be better and the yeah. gun would would jostle a lot less if it were you know, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say, Justin. Is that I think it's more of based on the type of look of the actual armor and the actual aesthetic choices for different armor sets, not to have mm-hmm. it there because a lot of times they have designs or they have things up on their legs or they have mm-hmm. like a panel coming down from their hip that goes over their thigh, and I don't think yeah. they would be able to render that if they actually made it to yeah. have it on their thigh. But yeah, uh, the, green, the warlocks have a garter belt. Yeah, <laughs> right. I would say that the the weapon, if you want to go with a more modern version of what we consider sidearms, that mm-hmm. would be more that tactical aspect. And I would imagine those would, I don't think those wear on our, do we wear those on our hip as well? I can't what? remember the Sidearms? sidearm. If we, if you equip it in the tower, does it go to your hip? I don't, it shows I don't, up in the same talking, spot as yeah, a hand cannon. You're talking to the wrong person. I don't use sidearms. 
Check I, and help us out on that one. I think it yeah. pops up in the same uh, let me spot check. with the hand cannon. Let me, let, it, I, I can actually check that. Go ahead. Continue. But as far as a uh, aesthetic version, it makes sense for the hand cannon to go on the hip, in my opinion, just because it is such a large item in-game. Aesthetically, it just looks better there. It looks really funny to me with the warlock, and I get why they put warlock and titans on there, but at the same time, it's like, just... You're just not the cowboy. We're the cowboy. <laughs> yeah. You're not. Don't try to be. So, now that it we appear- have that argument out of the way. Oh, go for it. <laughs> it appears that they are down on the side. A little lower. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're not on the small, or they're not up on the top of the back. So, like the other guns are. But but what? are they... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait. But how does that them? work if you have a hand cannon? Well, you, you can, can only you show rotate. One. Yeah, you oh, rotate. you only show one. Okay, okay. Never mind. Sorry, mm-hmm. I was like, but what? <laughs> well, here's here's my question: Is it does it sit on the on the waistline like a hand cannon, or does it sit lower on the leg? The picture I'm looking at from online has it lower actually on the leg and not on the okay. hip. So it's, this could it's just like be a, a random weird photo too that I. Hmm, well, I it's like that. a secondary pull then, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what it's supposed to be. Exactly. You're not supposed to run around with Trespasser like it's your freaking primary. Or Wormwood. Secondary. (laughs) Crap away. (laughs) It's called a secondary weapon for a specific reason. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like there's some salt that goes on here. I think Mel and I agree on that. <laughs> it's because we're hunters, Justin. We're on the same wavelength and the fact I that you told hunter. me Yeah, and then the, now that you just blue said that we get insomnia, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so true. I'm having cold sweats." <laughs> nice. Uh so, all right. So, I, I made a comment at the beginning about the community showing and the. I, I don't. I, wanna, I don't want to call them the original Grimoire cards, but basically, these were Grimoire cards that were uh, physically handed out at this community showing. Um, and this was in Germany. It was in August of 2013. So, you know, what what's that? Four, three and a half, four years back. Um, and there's there's so. Let me just read the quotes, and I'll then read the quotes from the cards that we do have today. The first quote is, Hunters, they find opportunity where no others even dare to look. They are our trailblazers surviving the frontier by any means necessary. Hunters learn to survive the wild through crafty manipulation of the traveler's energies. Some fear they are too dangerous, but it is their bravery that is leading us to the lost wonders of our golden age. So that's that was the community card and then the grimoire card that we have now says our old worlds have grown feral rabid beasts with teeth of rust and ruin but such beasts are meant to be tamed or broken hunters stalk the wilderness beyond the city harnessing the light to reclaim the secrets of our lost worlds they are daring scouts and stealthy killers expert with knives and precision weapons hunters blaze their own trails and write their own laws so that is to show there there is there is significant difference there, um, but this is this was like I was saying this is kind of the inspiration for what was leading into the hunter class, and ultimately the gunslinger class, which was kind of you know is kind of believed to be one of the earlier 
manifestations, I believe you would call it, simply because the the earth before the last city kind of was described as a, a dysotopian Wild West, I guess you would I, I guess you would call it that. Um mm-hmm. And so there was there was the you know the 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 man with no name esque feel, but yeah, those are that's the kind of the trivia that I dug up about the inspirations of the gunslinger and just the hunter in general. Do you guys have any other other fun facts that you guys really like about the gunslingers? I would say that the community showing versions definitely paint a different picture verbally or just like personality wise of what the hunt be read it like the bungee card then the current grimoire card feels much much more poetic and much more whereas the fact that they're using the word crafty back in the community showing mm-hmm. kind of gives it a more light feel to it so more like what we consider k to be like mm-hmm. but our grimoire card is much 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 or in depth and just for kind of a behind the scenes stuff blue sent me like a, a preview type thing about uh what he kind of wanted in the summary f- that i recorded for the very beginning and he, originally he put in there that they are the most serious gunslingers are the most serious of all the the hunter types and i for me i was just like what that's not <laughs> how i read them at all because it's like cade of course they're not serious none of them are serious but I can see with the grimoire, if you read just that and you're not paying attention to the personality of specific hunters, you can totally see how they would be a lot more narrow-eyed, sun-beaten kind of warriors who had to find their own way mm-hmm. and may not have a joke or a care in the world, but they have to kind of grit their teeth and keep moving. So yeah. yeah. It's think interesting. About a, think about a sniper's original. mentality. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And that's and that's kind of why I brought up the insomnia is because, I mean, when we when we were talking about just hunters in general, we kind of talked about their capes and, you know, the cape or a cloak. Sorry, the cloak is uh, I know a lot of people kind of make fun of hunters for the cloaks. But the thing is, is that for a hunter. Why? Whoa, that's a thing. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to interrupt. So, who does that? No, I don't care. <laughs> Excuse me, who else runs around with a wolf on their head? Um, no one. But okay, uh, sorry, Blue. No, no, no. I was gonna say the um, the cloak for a hunter is there. I mean, the, one of the descriptions that was given for a cloak is like it's their everything. It's a it's a safety blanket. It's a you know it's a blanket that they can eat picnics on. It's the thing that they sleep under when they're in the middle of a rainstorm and there's nothing for them to to be get under. It like and uh, there's there's instances that are talked about within the lore of hunters having to patch up actual spaceships with their cloak to use as a plug against the vacuum. Like I mean, their cloaks are survival mechanisms for for hunters which is also why the hunters you know one of the things about hunter is the longer the cloak the more prestigious the hunter um is because they they also collect trophies we kind of talked about that with the Rezal Azir situation but um 
in, in chat, it is like a hitchhiker's towel. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, with a lot more PTSD. Yes, that is exactly what it is. Um, and then, and then the other the other thing too. I mean, so y- you guys, you guys bring Kate up as an example of, you know, a very kind of witty, kind of funny hunter. But I mean, we also have Tevis. We also have uh, Panhanin. You know, there are hunters out there that are named that are the exact opposite. You know, Tevis. Tevis is not a a. You know, he's got a few funny quotes, but they're not said to be funny. Like his explanation of what the why the golden gun is uh, is orange, which is amazing. I believe it's the uh, Complete the Path quest. It's a quote from Tevis, and it says, Why is it golden? Well, let's see. What's the fundamental force we're dealing with here? Solar energy, right? Like from the sun? I swear you kids coming out of the tower are greener and greener every year. Why is it gold? Feh. Like, <laughs> I, I can't do the old man voice that Justin can, so... But that, <laughs> That kind of that that kind of seems more like he's just tired of having to deal with green hunters and just like you're done, get out of my office, you know, type of thing. I I also I mean even you can if, I feel like Kate is I mean everyone goes to Kate because he's you the one he's the vanguard mentor so you see him the most and I feel out of all the hunters that you physically see in the game that's not your own he has the most personality on all of them but even if you compare him to someone like Shiro Shiro is pretty like very straight very kind of like do this do this do this report back to me immediately like he doesn't really joke around a whole bunch when you're talking to him or anything like that so i mean he i even feel like he's almost the antithesis of how Kay's personality is um he's not sitting there he's not witty he's not a jokester or anything like that he's very like this is what we need to do this is our objective and we're gonna go get it done get it done bye you know so <laughs> kill them too while you're at it please and if you think about it like gunslingers what do they do they're their main objective when you're summoning a golden gun is to kill those high priority targets so they're almost going to be the ones that are going to be the point and also probably going to be the leaders in a group of other hunters because they're the ones that are scouting like okay this guy is going to be the one that we're going to be taking down he's our our main our main guy whereas then they're like okay we have a bunch of thralls coming up or we have a bunch of drags then you throw in the blade dancers to clear them out you know and i feel like um more like the which we'll talk about probably next week the night stalkers i feel like they're more kind of like the emo ones of the hunter class they're kind of like oh yeah i'll tether him that's okay you know (laughs) they're kind of like soft-spoken and just kind of like always flipping their hair like our prince aldrin does you know so i i don't know but that's my head cannon on <laughs> the hunters and nice. scene <laughs> so shiro's an interesting one that we kind of forgot about would you think he's a golden gun i always i take him to be more of a blade dancer to be honest. well he wears the raspberry crest and i forget what the perk on the raspberry crest is oh the lucky raspberry uh, mm-hmm uh, arc bolt grenades last longer and become slightly less. There you crap. go. Then okay. he's probably a blade dancer. Well, that and he's also like he's all about stealth. He's all about like you know True. scouting and stuff like that. Uh, and parakeets. Parakeets. Oh my god. Oh my god. I forgot Justin. about that. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> the about thing the that parakeet. I think is- <sighs> 
the thing about <laughs> that I think hunters just fit more is hunters are they're not tied to any specific they don't take commands well a lot they are very much so they would rather be the lone and so a lot of them come across as either cocky or in Cade's case just as cocky as he could be but also just kind of funny because he brushes everybody off even though he is staying serious and he is doing what he's supposed to do but he doesn't necessarily like to take orders from other people so he's going to play it off quite a bit it could also be since we were mentioning er- earlier that they have hunters pro- might have a severe case of PTSD. That could just be his way of shrugging off all the stuff that he's seen. And, you know, like we know he's God, how, I mean, hundreds of years old. I mean, at least more than 126 at least years. Yeah. yeah more older, older than, than that. that. <laughs> way older than that. So like, let's, let's reach for the stars and say he's two centuries old. Like imagine all the crap that he's seen you know, and the fact that he gets pieces of his memory back from before and, he was a guardian, like that's some heavy crap. And also know? remember, he's Cade six, not Cade forty four. True. Not Cade fifty two. He's this Cade is also six. True. He has, he has and, the weight of of a lot of years. And I would imagine that since hunters are more lone wolves, they probably don't really go and talk about their feelings are confined with anybody else. Cause they might not have someone that's really close to them. They're probably just, you know, it's them, they're gone, they're cape and they're out on the road. Whereas, you know, Titans and warlocks, they kind of have their little, their little groups and they go do stuff. I feel like more together. Um, whereas, so they might be able to like help each other mentally on certain things. Whereas hunters kind of have to figure it out on their own, which is kind of a crappy way of having to deal with stuff. But I mean, that's that's the hunter lifestyle blue i was gonna say um going on that entire thought process um they are expert they were experts at gallows humor uh, mm-hmm. and if you have any doubt of this any doubt of this go watch the new destiny 2 trailer like and and i mean it's it's amazing in by itself but watch it with the intent of Think about the the context in which Cade Cade specifically. Think about the context in which he is in. Everything that he held valuable has been eradicated. They are, you know, pretty much guaranteed that they are in a corner. Their their back is to the wall. They have nothing. They're between a rock and a hard spot completely. And what is he doing? He's cracking jokes that. And then go look up the definition in the history of gallows humor. Like, I mean, like the actual historical history of gallows humor. The entire concept of gallows humor was as long as you kept people laughing, you stayed alive. And that's Mm -hmm. that is the hunter. That is the hunter. And, you know, kind of what you're talking about. They don't have people to talk to. They don't they don't want people to talk to. I think that's because I mean, and Cade again, kind of coming back to Cade. Cade also, there's been a lot of people who have started kind of coming around to start looking at Cade this way, but Cade has a lot of, lot of stuff that is really, really dark in his history. And yet he's one of the most lighthearted people in the game. If, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, another thing of keeping people at arm's length with humor is um, it keeps you from dwelling on Right. 
the weight, the weight of all that. And also if you keep people at, at arm's length, if you don't have people, you can't lose people. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's kind of what I, I mean with Kate is I think he's lost so many people that he, his, his, his view on reality seems to be if I keep you at arm's length, then when you, cause you're going to, you're going to go away. Whether, whether that's you leave or you die, you're leaving you're going to be gone. And that way I don't have to feel bad. Right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, uh, it's a very common survivors coping mechanism for anybody who goes yeah. through severe trauma. Like that, that's a very common psychological defense mechanism. Well, I mean, even look at Kate and how he talks about Andal. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. that was an important figure to him in his life and all you don't ever really hear too much serious talk about him from Kate. It's all jokes. Like, oh, you know, I lost a bet to him and that's how I'm here. Ha 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 type of thing. But like you can tell there's an undertone that Andal meant a lot to him. And he's like, Well, that's when I got too close, and that's why we keep each other further away. So Yeah, and trigger trigger and chat actually makes the point too he Cade befriended a fallen and then cut her throat you know i mean like that's the <laughs> that's that's the the level of friendship that a hunter kind of views is it's necessary but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you know being being quote friends out of necessity is not the same as being family yeah it's more of a an alliance of convenience mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, do you guys want to do a quick lore corner or costume lore corner? Yeah, since, I since can Mel, talk- since Mel, we tricked Mel back in here. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. Back in here. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's jump into that real quick. <laughs> Mel's costume lore corner. <laughs> Well, so we want to, since we're talking about all of our different hunters here, I think it's a great time to kind of talk about hunters' um, look in general. If you look at a lot of their outfits, their outfits are basically 50-50. So if 50% fabric, 50% armor. Whereas if you look at, say, the Titans, they're more armor-based, whereas Warlocks are more fabric-based. This means it kind of points towards the hunter's habit of scavenging and in the wilderness for gear. So um, that means that they're going to be looking for different things that they can use and not necessarily oh, this is shiny and pretty. I'm going to wear it. Um, So it's more kind of like, I need this cape. I'm going to use it. It serves a purpose. Um, I feel like a lot more of the stuff on the hunter is meant for purpose and functionality for survival and not so much about how pretty and shiny it looks. Where I feel like if you compare them to like the warlocks, I feel like the warlocks cloaks and how ornate it is shows how, how high they are in terms of ranks, how important they are. Whereas where we mentioned earlier with the capes on the hunters, how long their cape is shows that same type of status within the hunter community. Um, But I mean, a lot of the gear that you look at when you see a hunter, I would argue are probably the most worn and beat up gear in the whole entire game. Um, The capes almost 
all of them aside for maybe a very, very few ones, the shiny ones. I call them the shiny ones, the ones with the gold all over the place. Um, most of them are all torn up. They're covered in dirt and black gunks. One of them that was one of my favorite that I wore for a really long time had blood all over it, red blood. So, I mean, it shows that this cape is not just there to look pretty, like I would argue maybe the Titan marks are, um, but they are there for a purpose. And they're there to, I mean, they travel. They work hard. Um, if you also look at a lot of the helmets for the different hunters, they actually look like gas masks. Um, it kind of gives them this whole entire like um, war. Uh, God, what's the, I can't find the word I'm looking for at the moment. But if you look at them, I mean, they kind of have that hazmat material to them. Like they, I mean, it makes sense. They're out in the world and there's all these different elements and stuff going on. Um you got different stuff and they need to protect themselves from that. It's, it's all about functionality for hunters and not so much the ornateness and the, the pretty shininess of it. Um, so here is um, a little quote given to giving from Scott Shepard um, on a panel at GDC. And it says, quote, the hunter class is meant to look like they're scavenge. Uh, they scavenge the wilderness for gear with capes torn to scraps and geared based off hazmat suits and gas masks. So that right there just tells them that is their inspiration and their aesthetic that they're going for, for hunters. Um, Let's see. Do you you guys want to add anything like that? I know I see you guys typing. Yeah, no, (laughs) Justin really wants to talk about, you know, the one of the best pieces of equipment that a hunter or especially the the gunslinger, the gunslinger has. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, You want to talk about the knife, Justin? Do you want? Uh, No, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it first and then I'll I'll follow up. Okay. if those of you who aren't familiar with the hunter knife, um, it's also it's a very very long knife. It's not like a small little throwing knife that you think of. It's actually actually pretty big. Um, seventeen inches. Seventeen inches of death destruction. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but it's when you look at it. I mean, yeah, it has a lot of stylized design on it, but you can tell that there's a purpose behind it besides killing it actually looks like a survival knife like the front edge of it has a normal blade that you would use um to either cut or chop or do something on those lines but on the back of it it has the hook which could be argued could be used for a variety of different things um to out to use out in the wilderness um the fact that the handle um has the way it's constructed makes it to look like you can hold it in various different ways to make it accessible to use in various situations to hold it. Like when you see in the game, when you're actually melee and you holding it and you can stab uh, an uh, opponent or an enemy with it. It also looks like you can hold it and you can chop with it. Um, There's multiple different ways to hold on it. And of course they have the little triangles on it that are full triangles um, from the actual hunter insignia, but it's actually, suggest it a lot and it of course it when you look at the actual hunter's knife with the actual render of it it's beat up as well it's not clean it's not pretty it's it has blood it has scratches all over it um it's it's wrapped with tape or some type of fabric at the end leading it to like this is used all the time this is not just you know another ornament on there that looks fancy like the freaking Titans just have a random hammer on their belt. That's all shiny. Like what purpose does that serve? Probably nothing, but it looks cool. Um, so, but 
this this serves a purpose. So, um, yes. Did you want to continue on, Justin? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I have a lot of a lot of uh, opinions on the hunter knife. Um, Do it. The the first and probably the most controversial of these opinions is this is a survival knife. This is not primarily its primary its primary uh, design imperative is not an implement of war, and I'll kind of get into why that is. Um, the main reason for that statement is at the at the tip, um, it has the very prominent gut hook. You would never, you would never put a gut hook on a knife that was intended for warfare simply for the fact that when you stab your enemy with this knife, removing said knife from your stabbed enemy <laughs> is very difficult because of the gut hook. Um, that's the that's the major design um, aspect of this knife that makes me think that its primary that's its primary. Uh, kind of purpose in, in the design of this knife is as a survival knife. Uh, it has a very, the, the underside of the blade that, that actually holds the edge um, that's called the belly. So it has a very long belly that that's very conducive to slicing. It has a gut hook, which is good for field dressing animals. Um, it is a solid piece what what's called a full tang knife, meaning the the blade body comes all the way down into the handle piece of the knife, and it's one solid piece. Um, it does have two holes for to you know to actually be able to find purchase on it, because as you as you can see, if you were to, it has a little bit of a suggested pommel there, right above the the top finger hole, but. There's not much there to keep your knife from slipping forward onto the blade when you're doing any kind of stabbing forward motion. So you would actually hook your index finger and, uh, you know, probably your pinky through the two holes as you held this thing. It's 17 inches long and some change. So it could be very useful for chopping motions. You know, you've got a lot of weight out there at the end of the, at the end of the blade. You could actually be, you know, makeshift chopping firewood with this thing. Um, and one of my favorite little, little additions is the hole in the center of the blade that, um, there's, you know, you could say it's, it's for kind of flippantly spinning it on your finger, but I have a hard time believing that's why there, that hole is there. Um, I actually believe that this, this little, uh, hole of metal was actually taken out for balance. Mm -hmm. They removed it changes the center of gravity of the blade to make it more conducive for throwing. This is the one, um, the one design aspect that suggests a, a repurposing towards a repurposing towards combat. Um, or you could argue that throwing a knife could be used for hunting as well. Um, another, another cool uh, feature of the knife. I feel like I'm selling the knife, but anyways, <laughs> another really cool feature of the knife is it does have three holes on it. And if you've ever done any bush crafting, you'll know yep. that one of the, one of the main tricks is to lash your knife to a branch um, or stick. Um, and you can actually then use it as a spear to catch fish or, you know, whatever you want to do with it. Um, you could do that very securely on this knife. 
um, you can bind it to a, to a stick with some leather or string or whatever you, you have on you. But this, this knife is a very versatile, um, very versatile tool um, that I think the hunter in his, in all of his resourceful glory has kind of repurposed as a, as a tool of war because it's what's on him. He's not going to stop in the middle of the heat of battle and say, no, let me get my war knives out. I've got my hunting knives. No, he's just going to stab you with what's in his hand all the time. So would you argue Justin that this was more a survival knife that then got repurposed as a war knife and hence the mm-hmm. hole was, was drilled out of the center of the actual blade? To I would say so. It? I would yeah. say so, uh, unless that was a that was an initial, um, unless design. that was an initial design, and and it was just for because the balance of a knife matters not just for throwing; it matters for handling. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the balance of a knife actually matters for handling. So it could just be that the knife was a little too front heavy, and they they altered that. So, yeah. um, or yeah. it could be that hey, I'm going to throw this at I'm going to throw this at fallen heads so i need you know i need it to be you know a balanced throwing weapon mm-hmm. but yeah i totally agree the first time i saw the hunter's knife i thought immediately that's a survival knife that's not a knife made just for throwing and killing like that is a tool and it makes sense because everything on the hunter is meant to help them survive but um green i would actually argue that that knife is not meant for throwing now, granted, we okay. do use it that way, but that knife actually, if you look at that, that most throwing knives, I mean, yes, there are some single bladed or single edge side knives that are throwing knives, but that knife right there, it would, A, it would be incredibly heavy to throw. You would have to throw it more like an axe, like a throwing axe, than like you would a, a regular throwing knife. So I would imagine that mm-hmm. this is just kind of that opportunity. We're in a tight situation. What do you have on hand? oh, I have my knife that I use for everything because it's my multi-purpose tool. It's my Swiss Army knife. That's what we throw. That's just because it is what we have. Mm-hmm. I, I do Blue? think you would have to, to throw this knife effectively. I think you'd have to choke up on it quite a bit and change oh, where, yeah. you, where you throw it from. Um, you'd have to throw it from the midline. Exactly. Yeah. So here, So I always thought, maybe I'm wrong because... I know this is the knife you use when you melee, but I always thought the knives that you throw as a gunslinger were smaller and were actually closer to throwing knives. Mm. I could have sworn that images of those. I I am trying to look one up right now. They're the same. They're the same. They are. I think it's the same knife, but I don't really have much to. I have a slow render of it. Uh, I can get it to you. It's it's the same knife. I have I have a like really cool shot of a gunslinger. like throwing a knife towards the camera that they've paused and you can see the handle and you can see the whole thing. The thing that this reminds me of, you know, you're talking about it being a survival knife, which I completely a hundred percent agree with, um, you know, and then asking the question of, is it a survival knife or military knife or a war knife or, you know, whatever that, that makes me really think of it. I've always kind of like seen whenever I look at a hunter knife, I always kind of see the kukri knife, um, which for those who have not been blessed with seeing one of these things, they look like really, really, really dangerous boomerangs. Um, and they're amazing. Um, (laughs) they are, they're just, Oh, they're so amazing. Uh, it's basically, it's a knife with an inwardly curved blade, uh, it's very similar to a machete. 
But the thing is, is they are used predominantly as a tool, but then they were kind of, they were, they're used as a tool and a weapon in Nepal. Um, and it's still a traditional knife in Nepal. It, it's actually a very, very characteristic weapon for the, the Royal Gurkha rifles in the British army. Um, you got a ton of Indian army, uh, regiments that held a hold cookeries, but the, it's actually in some English speaking countries, I guess, actually known as the Gurkha knife. Um, but the kukri is just this, it's a very, 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 uh, character. I don't, I don't even, can't even think of the word I'm looking for. It's a very, very unique looking. Yeah. Thank you. It was a very distinctive looking knife. If you see it and you've ever seen it, you will immediately recognize it. But that's like exactly what I think of when I think of like the purposing of a hunter blade is this kind of a combination of a tool and a weapon because to, to a hunter, I mean, think, and this kind of goes back to the, the name hunter. They're hunters. What do you think they're going to use to fight? They're going to use the tools that they use for everything else, which is hunting. Like that to me, it, it, to, to a hunter, it would make sense that a, a knife of war is the same as a knife of work because to them, that's the same. And I think the gunslingers specifically had that, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of even more so for them. It's not a big stretch of imagination. You use what you use every day and what who how else to get the most familiar with a with something than to use it every day green mm-hmm. i know you had i had you had something to throw in yeah um i am i have the new little cade figurine from the pre-orders and it's a little bit of beef that i have with this it, the figurine is actually a really beautifully done figurine but the knife on it actually looks like a machete and it doesn't look like our hunter knives at all it's completely different. However, um, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, uh, that's all I had. Um, the blade, dan- the blade you get during Blade Dancer looks more like a machete. And if he's blade dancing, he might have the Blade Dancer blade. Space sabers. Yeah, well, that's the manifestation of the super. That's not a physical knife. Right. Like when you do your golden gun, that's not. You're not pulling your pistol from your hip. And making right. it a golden gun, you're you're summoning a gun from the light. I I know, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, if yeah. it looks more like a machete, is possible they did a f- an actual thing of it? That's the the blade from the blade dancer, not oh, necessarily wow. the hunter, the hunter knife, the physical hunter knife. Um, yeah, I actually wanted to point out that going back to to Green's statement that this is this is not a throwing knife. I'm looking all over the place for blade profile that matches that matches this blade profile. And do you know the the funny thing is the one that keeps popping up that most well, closely resembles it is World a Bowie War- knife. Yeah, well that <laughs> or that Bowie or knife. a uh, World War Two uh, World War Two throwing knife from the German ranks, which I actually have okay. one of. Uh, and it's nice. about it's about I want to say this is probably about a foot long. Uh, it is a, it's a standard, it was a standard issue and it's actually a throwing blade. Um, I'll, I'll, Justin, I'll send you a picture of it, but, um, what it is, is it was a blade that they actually mass produced. So this is like, it's a full tang. It's a solid metal. Um, 
and it's got I mean it's got a decent edge to it. But what they did was they they basically stamp pressed these like they just mass produced them, and then they gave them to all the German soldiers so that if worse came to worse during wartime, they would have something to fight with. Throw your purse at them. Yeah, pretty I, mm-hmm. well. Yeah, pretty much. I, this purse would probably hurt somebody, but yes. But yeah, um, the Blade Dancer Arc Blade is actually more of a machete. It's a bolo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know yeah, why. Kind of. I don't know why they would make that like on <laughs> him. But I mean, if you look at other pictures of Cade, like he does have a knife on the front of his outfit that is not a hunter blade. So right. maybe they got confused. I don't know. Um, well, well, again, it doesn't have Cade. to be the same as our knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, it does. No, it literally doesn't. <laughs> we just, in fact, we just espoused the theory <laughs> earlier that makes it to where it doesn't blue. <laughs> But stop poking holes in my I own think, theory. I think actually to to kind of get off, I'm got on a really big knife tangent here. But um, to to kind of put the the hunter knife to bed, the um, the blade type, like they they have different types of blade profiles, and the one that's most closely the most basic blade shape is it's kind of a mixture of a straight blade. Mm-hmm in which the spine in which the tip or the point is in line with the spine. Now, given this tip is a little bit higher than the spine and that's because of the gut hook, it has to be higher than the spine so that the gut hook has a place to have a hook. Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting, interesting knife. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. One, one other thing just real quick before we fully get rid of the, the knife conversation um, throwing knives. So the reason why I would predominantly say this is not meant to be a throwing knife is throwing knives. Generally, when you look at a throwing knife, a large majority of them are going to be double sided blades. They're not going to be a single sided blade. And that's simply right. because the way you throw them, uh, you There's can, no telling. you can be really good at throwing a knife. There's still a degree of, you don't know what side is going to, I mean, like you can tell what like point is going to hit them. But mm-hmm. telling which side is going to be the predominant hit is, I mean, you're you're not going to. So a lot of throwing knives, a lot. Now, I'm not saying that there's not throwing knives out there. I'm looking at one right now that has a single blade. But predominantly, they're going to be very slender. They're going to be very long. And they're going to be double-sided blades. So they're, they're mainly predominantly going to be daggers. Yeah, they're going to be more like a uh, Mercy Court than stiletto-esque blade. Mm -hmm. But the thing, okay, so there are are a few types of throwing knives that are just that edge side. Yes, oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. Anything can be a throwing knife. Right, the thing that, the two things that make this not a throwing knife in my my opinion, A, the gut hook, because... Mm -hmm the weight of that knife is not going to be even from one side of the knife to the other side of the knife. And now I know that hole, Justin, that I like that theory that the hole in the center is going to help balance that out. I'm not sure if it would. Yeah, as it's not big enough somebody, in my opinion, but I think that's the general right. thought. <laughs> right. And being as somebody who has thrown knives in the past, this would be more like a throwing ax if we were to throw it. 
but mm-hmm. the grip mm-hmm. is the other side of it. This grip is meant to use as a reverse grip dagger to use for slashing. Yep. That's the primary that. function. I totally agree with that. It's it's much Chunk. it's much more friendly for a reverse grip than it is. I mean, you, like you, could, an, uh, you could ice pick type action. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking and I'm not finding a lot of single edge. That makes me sad. I want to go find more. Anyways, sad inside. All right, we have an awesome, awesome dispatch from the wild that we're going to read real quick. Dispatches from the wilds. All right, so our email this week is from Bjorn the Fell Handed, and I'm just going to give this, this is an amazing email. Um, I actually have created a wallpaper from part of this email that I will be putting up in the Discord chat after our after our show here, um, because I just absolutely love this little poem that they have put together. So he says, hello, FFC crew born the fell handed here. And this time I wanted to share something my clanmate Mecca, Mecca Drusilla and I wrote for all of you gunslingers out there. So this is this is what they wrote. Stop thinking this chain of woe is yours to bear. You are the gunfighter, the knife juggler, the scavenger living the way of the fearless nomad, the drifter and other less savory things. You take that gambler's dagger to the edge of paths best left forbidden, best forgotten, and best unknown. And enemies die. You kill them. They kill you. That's the circle of your life now. You kill. You get killed. You get back up. I know it burns. Let it. Know it in your heart. Let it burn free. Feel it in your hand. Feel it in the weight of your gun. Don't aim. Don't think. Feel. No. Doesn't matter if the target's over the horizon or through a keyhole. Feel it. Know it. And let your light burn. I love it. Love it. So Ooh, then, I got I got goosebumps. Yeah. I, <laughs> so the uh the image I pulled a couple images uh a couple of the more popular like wallpapers that people have created for gunslingers and I kind of merged them into one. And then I overlaid the, that text on top of it. Um, and like I said, I'll be putting it in the general discord for everyone to to take a look at. But that's that is where that's coming from. Uh, he, he goes on and he says, thanks for reading and for being an awesome group of people. Even if you're all hunters that don't see the warlocks are better. Warlock masterclass. <sighs> Did amazing. Did amazing. Wonderful people. And then... We dropped the ball. Okay. Anyway, so uh, which actually brings me to the other thing that I promised that I would talk about at the beginning of it of this show, the Gunslinger's Litany. Um, and this is again kind of a combination of nods within the Golden Gun card, which says, "Aim steady and keep your wits about you. You are a gunslinger, and this is what you've lived for." So in the Dark Tower, the Gunslingers have a litany, which basically is their code. And this litany goes, I do not aim with my hand. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I aim with my eye. I do not shoot with my hand. He who shoots with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I shoot with my mind. 
I do not kill with my gun. He who kills with his gun has forgotten the face of his father. I kill with my heart. So that's that's yeah, the so. What's up? Yeah, I was just gonna say Shin wrote that. Oh well, but uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it's exactly what it is. It's like, and especially in the the recent Shin card, uh, what is it? The last word five. Uh, where he's like the ending where he's like, I'm going to do what I have to do, what needs to be done. I'm like, that is that that entire comment between him and the ghost in regards to the shadows is just setting up for an epic tombstone tombstone showdown between those two, those two people or those two groups um, or well, him and the other group. The lone gunman is going to have words or more. <laughs> but, he's going to uh, let his gun do the speaking. Yeah, he's going to have he's going to let his gun have the last word. What can I say? Oh. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, you know, um do you guys have any last last comments or shout-outs? You want to Mel, you want to start it off for us? Uh, sure. Uh, great to be back, guys. Sorry, I've been super busy, but uh, it was great getting to talk about um, Masterclass Hunters. So mm-hmm. anytime we get to talk about Hunters, is a good day. So, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Green? I just want to let everybody know we picked our next month's book for the book club. So if you guys haven't jumped into the Discord chat and you're wondering what I'm talking about, uh, we're doing a fantasy book club read-through of Dragons of Autumn Twilight, the first book in the Dragonlance series, The Chronicles. It's awesome book, and we so happen to luckily not only just get this book, but also we're talking about D&D during next month's Extra Lore Chat. Not the one that's coming up next week, but the one that's coming at the end of or the beginning of next month. So we're going to do a lot of D&D talking in the Discord chat. So if you like that, Hit up the Discord, find us, grab a book, read. It's gonna be teacher. glorious. I promise. Be great. I, I promise. Oh, I will just cramped himself. Yeah, I promise. I will try mm-hmm. to contain oh. my enthusiasm. Justin, how about you? Will yeah, you contain uh, your enthusiasm. Great big old shout out to uh, to um, Mel. It's it's good to podcast yeah. with you again. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad you got to see me. Um, and then a big shout out to Green and Blue for all their diligent work on on our audio pieces and mind maps and the like. A big shout out to my raid group for uh, you know shouldering the burden that is me in a raid um, all the way to the Death Singer last night. And uh, um, Bjorn the Fell Handed and everyone who sends in these dispatches from the wilds. Keep them coming because... You know, these are precious seconds that I'm not talking, ruining the podcast. So you're doing a public service. And Blue thanks you. So with that See what segue, I did? So with that segue, that was amazing. Um, the email topic for next week is going to be a lore dive on Void Walkers. So we're gonna we're gonna look at another one of the subclasses from Warlocks. I haven't I haven't looked at the poll that we have going this weekend, but I think we might be taking a step away from the lore dive of subclasses and looking at something a little bit more connected to those new Grimoire cards. I'm just kind of thank assuming. you. 
I'm assuming that that's going to happen. Um, yes. And then also be sure to check out Rabbit Hole Radio. They are they were kind enough to have me come on to their their show. We're going to be recording that tomorrow night, and they signed up for a discussion of Osiris, which <laughs> I asked someone them, hey. else's problem now, buddy. <laughs> I, uh, I I sent I sent them a message. I was like, "So what? What aspect do you want to talk about?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we can just talk about whatever you want." And I sent them a copy of the mind map that I have, and I'm like. Um, uh, that I need, I might need a bit of direction on this. Like, did you do an evil laugh? Did you just like go, you fool? <laughs> they don't have enough memory in their computers to handle this. So I was like, I'm like, eh, we might need to chat a little bit before we start recording. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to be having, I think they're doing a three part uh, show for Osiris, and I'm. Th- I think the this is the second part. Um, so yeah, be sure to, be sure to check them out. They they kind of are more of a spin foil focused, uh, kind of like the 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 theoretical connections, not so much like reading the cards, but more of reading between the lines and kind of pushing the pushing the boundaries of what could be going on and what what could be connecting things. Um, Thank you, Green. Yes, she confirmed that the story of yore <laughs> is winning, which is not a big surprise. And they are, uh, and, and they're also a Focus Fire family. Yes, much, yes, so. they are. They mm-hmm. are indeed. Um, so, yes, be sure to check them out. We will have a link to their show uh, in show notes for tonight's episode. And as always, you guys have a great night. We're going to run through the outro, and then we will hang out for a little bit for the after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. Be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. <laughs> <laughs>